Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just being a part of our lives. We ask that you just allow your word to stay hidden in our hearts. And God, I just pray that you allow me to be led by you during this discussion. Allow the Holy Spirit to quicken me. Thank you so much for Holy Spirit for filling me up. I just pray that you allow me to speak the word today exactly the way that I need to say it, the tone that I need to use, and exactly the interpretation that it takes for it to be planted and watered in someone's life that's listening and all of the people that are listening, God. So I pray that you allow me to remember everything that I need to talk about. Don't let me get anything and um, just allow us to receive your word and accept it, Lord God. So we also want to just thank you for being in our life. Thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us a part of you. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for giving us righteousness, God. Thank you for giving us the ability to just experience your your love, mercy, and your grace, the peace that you give. God, thank you for maintaining all of the structure in our life that we need in order to sustain in this world. God, thank you for allowing us not to be conformed to this world, but be, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so right now, God, we just ask that you please your will to be done, not our will, but your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your time and blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Lost Life and Health. Let's talk about it. So today I am going to be talking about women's health again. Um, I want to dive right into the word today. So let me go ahead and um, let me get started with that. Okay. I have to share my sound. All right. Okay. So what the Lord had given me is some, uh, so today I had a major experience. I guess it wasn't that major, but um, this is what happened. So I ended up, I placed the order and um, I, I placed the order for my son. It was like a part order for his vehicle. And um so like last week this order was placed and so i received an email just stating that they received an alert basically like the account was flagged and so since the account was flagged it required me to you know provide my identification also um proof of address because my id didn't actually match my home address and so then i had to provide that information in addition to providing a receipt for um paying my utilities and stuff like that so i provided all of that information and so i was hoping that the parts would get mailed to my son unfortunately it was not and so they canceled the order after it's already been about five days now that nothing has been done with the order and um so i was supposed to receive a delivery within five to seven business day or five to seven seven days and so the order it didn't actually um, even get completed, even though I turned in all of these documents on the same day that they were requested. And so what ended up happening was the, they ended up canceling the order. Um, 
after I had explained that I really wanted the order to be shipped to my son, but if they couldn't ship it to him, they could send it to the address that that I provided with my documentation because that was originally their request after they had received my documents. So um, this just happened a couple days, actually yesterday, actually. And um, I say, you know, if you needed to mail it to the address with the documentation that I provided, that's fine. But I, you know, just keep in mind that I am going to do a review because this is just really ridiculous that I have to basically, you know, receive this um, merchandise at a different location. Now I'm going to have to go to the post office or UPS or FedEx or something like that. And then I'm going to have to ship it to my child in which I just want to directly ship to him. Right. <laughs> so I understand like the precautionary measures and stuff like that. But what I really didn't understand was the lack of communication, the lack of clarity, the fact that they still um, canceled. They ended up canceling the order altogether. And so this was really something that um, really made no sense to me. So I was uh, I was disappointed and I was concerned about this. And so sometimes when um, you're spending your money on things, you may not get the product or services that you really want. Right. And so there are going to be problems. Some organizations, the way that they function, many employees, they're not just going to work just because, you know, they really enjoy their job or they're working because they, you know, receiving great benefits. And this is a long term career for them. Many people are showing up to work just to you know get by they're not going to do anything extra over the top that their job requires them to do right and you're probably wondering like why am i saying all of this well i'm saying all of this because women's health all together there are a lot of women in the workforce and you all are experiencing a lot of you know sometimes you can experience a lot of stress um a lot of different things that can you know, uh, try to circumvent your level of inspiration. And so what you want to do is make sure that you're focused on the things that you need to do. Um, not just the things that you need to do, but you should focus on over exceeding goals. Um, it, it should be your priority as an employee to over exceed and to um, over produce in your performance. And the reason why I say that is because it's regardless of what, is going on at work if you're active at work and you're being productive and your um, performance is really good usually leaders will be able to notice those things and you know they're going to examine your results those results the quality results that you deliver those things will allow you to get promoted um and so it's so important to make sure that you're maintaining your mental health at work because like this situation here, it was completely uncalled for. Just think about it, for instance, right? This is the way that I think. I placed the order for like a few hundred bucks, right? This order is now sitting in queue for about five days. Now, I've already talked to about three employees, okay? One employee called me to state that, you know, she needed me to upload the documents. So I did do that. Then I was transferred to her, uh, another person, in which they helped process the information and, and let me know how long it was going to take. And now you have this other employee who is now sending out the email messages back and forth, right? So just think about the utilization of time and how it was been, been wasted just uh, in five days or so. So it's like, 
many employees, they're not thinking about how they are utilizing the company's time. Like for me, when I'm working at a job, I cannot just sit around and not be productive. I cannot sit around and engage in discussions that is like um, gossip, work for, uh, workforce gossip. I don't participate in those activities because there is so much work. Even if you don't have enough work to do, you can collaborate with other departments and see if they need some help. Because you have to remember that the organization's mission and the organization's goal is to make sure that everyone is performing and everyone can produce results. Now, um, does it require every organization to have a positive work culture? No, it does not. That, But guess what? It is up to you to make sure that you're spreading a positive work culture around. So clearly I can tell as a consumer that this employee was not listening, was not paying attention to anything with this order. I provided the identification. I provided the proof of address with which which included my utility bills, um, including a receipt to the utility company. So this employee, in fact, did not pay attention to any of that. And this information was also confirmed by the supervisor on the same day that I submitted it. So everything was submitted the same day that the order was placed. But unfortunately, it took several um, different communication efforts that were failed attempts, not just on the employee's part, but um, the fact that she didn't even read the actual um, request that was made is unfortunate. So many times you're going to be at a workplace and that can contribute to the overall um, exceedingly amount of stress. And so you don't want to be overwhelmed when you're at work, right? So it's imperative that you go to work, you create a culture that's a positive work culture. You make sure that you're there to do your job and you encourage everybody that you encounter, right? So it's important to be able to, you know, when you're in this work environment, you're going to encourage your other uh, subordinates or coworkers. You're going to make sure that you're uplifting people, you know, and doing your job. So a lot of times when I, pretty much all the places that I've worked, I've always stayed really efficient at work. I want to make sure that I'm able to produce results. Um, I'm, I'm really results driven. And so I too much don't get involved in workforce gossip and those type of things. I don't like when individuals try to spread a contaminating work environment by telling me what this person is doing or that person is doing. No one really wants to hear all of that, right? Because guess what? Now you're going to be in an entanglement at work when it's you don't really have to be, but now you're going to basically put yourself in a situation that it'll it'll be hard to break. So don't start habits at work that you ultimately you can't deter from. from. You want to make sure that you're deterring from workforce gossip, um, sender, and all of those things so yes my experience even though it was negative right um i still did something that i felt that the company's owners needed to know now usually when employees are working at an inefficient pace many times you can say okay well that's it's, it starts from the top down 
Um, because many organizations, what they're doing is they use a top-down approach to solving things at work. And so you have this sort of hierarchy um, system that is in place in order to resolve certain things that, you know, when there are issues that arise with consumers or in, in some places they have customer success coaches, many of them have managers, uh, supervisors, Whatever hierarchy system they're using, it doesn't matter. It's usually a top-down approach. And so when you're analyzing it from that perspective, you understand that um, sometimes when an organization is not performing as efficient as they could, um, there are a few different reasons why. Okay, It's because of the hierarchy, um, the management who is in place, the C-level executives, which are the, like the CEO or the chief financial officers, the chief COO, which is the chief operating officer. Um, so all of these different um, indicators basically influence the operations of the organization and the attitudes of employees. I want to give you another, um, another instance. So that situation, basically to sum it up, I sent the message to the CEO and also to the vice president of the organization. I wanted to know specifically, if I place the order again, am I going to be allowed to have it shipped to the preferred method of uh, shipping? Or, you know, basically what would be the next steps from there? So um, the reason why I did that was because I specifically spoke to a couple of different supervisors regarding this issue today. And um, I know that just working in a call center before, um, I don't list all of my jobs on my resume. And I know some of the dates are off and sketchy, you know, um, but I, I try to put it close to the date of remembrance as possible. So the main point that I'm trying to make here is that I've worked in call centers and I understand how certain calls are being recorded and stuff like that. So if this is an organization that really values their consumers, you know, um, they're going to have a record of each person that called and each time the call was transferred. So I spoke to a supervisor at which that supervisor, I requested the talk to, and make a complaint. I, I really don't like making complaints because sometimes it's like there are too many solutions to be complaining about stuff. But these parts is something that I do need. And so um, it's so important because I am going to now have to place another order. And so now the supervisor basically said, well, I don't know why they canceled it. The representative said, I don't know why they canceled it. So I'm now I'm like, okay, well, can I make a complaint? He said, oh yeah, well, you could just call the number you gave me. I was like, okay, all right. So basically, so no follow-up process. And when you think of an organization who has very good parts, right? You would think like they should be like you they have quality parts and affordable prices so you would think like why aren't they you know um industry standard like why are they not superseding their competitors and so many times it is because of the employee's attitude and so many uh, it's not just always an attitude it could be a training issue but most of the time it's an attitude issue and so um, in order to get these things resolved, organizations need to work extra hard to make sure that their employees are not just being trained, 
but they're also coming with the right type of attitude. And so, you know, sometimes when you're hiring a person for their attitude, it just supersedes everything and it enhances the work culture when you're hiring people that have a positive work culture. So it's really important for me um, to make sure that I always maintain a good work culture at work, um, specifically because I have to grow at this organization. Work is like a second home. So all of my previous employers that I have listed um, they are usually always, always going to give a good review for me, okay? Because I exhaust, we, we have to get into the habit of exhausting every possibility of exceeding your goals, um, making sure you're building rapport, um, you're com collaborating um, with uh, inter departments or different departments within the organizations. Um, if you have downtime, making sure that you can still collaborate and help out where, where there's help needed. So all of these things um, play a key role in the success of the organization. And so, you know, just the attitude so far, just from ordering these parts, I can understand why they are not like industry, uh, that they're not ahead of the industry right now. So um, that's just one instance. So if you had to go to work, with the organization that you know sort of devalues their consumers um and they hire employees that may be um they don't need a training uh they don't need additional training but they have an attitude issue these things can impact the overall success of an organization not just the success of an organization but also the mental health of employees if one person is coming to work and then they're like mad and they have an attitude all the time. It's like, okay, so no one can talk to you. Why? You know, just because you like laugh and giggle sometimes, like what's going on? Are you okay? You know? So like you want to make sure that you have people that you're hiring that is approachable. And so you don't want to work a job if it's going to be stressing you out. And so that's a part of women's health. So there was a study that um, it said that people are, I think I talked about this study in the last podcast, actually. Um, the study says that people listen to their managers more than they listen to their spouses. So this, okay, so let's, let me pull this article up, okay? So it says here, I think it was this Forbes. I'm not sure if it was this Forbes article or not, but um, let me just show you guys here. So this is an article um, by Forbes. It says, manager have major impact on mental health, how to lead for well-being. So this article that was written by Tracy Brower, a PhD, 
oh, that's that's nice that this person has a PhD, okay, working for Forbes in their writing. Okay, so this article was published January 29th of 2023. And it says, new data suggests that for almost 70% of people, their manager has more impact on their mental health than their therapist or their doctor. This is true. So, and it's equal to the impact of their partner. All right. So you all understand what that means. Let me pull up this article here because they look like they provided the link here. Uh, okay. So this is Tracy's Browers too. Hmm, I don't think I even subscribed to Ford. The, uh, let me see. This seemed like an interesting article. So it says uh, managers impact their employees' mental health to a greater degree than therapists or doctors and partners, according to research. I'm trying to pull up the article, but every time I do, it keeps pulling up forwards. All right, so it looks like I found the original article. So this could be the original article, and that is actually called snowballing. So going from one article to another article that is mentioned in the article, when you go down and you search, um, that is called snowballing, okay? Just a FYI for everyone that didn't know. Oh, okay, so mental health at work, managers and money. Um, is your manager stressing you out or do they have a positive impact on your mental health? For better or worse, managers have a greater impact on mental health than doctors and therapists and even, even equal to that of spouses and partners. The Workforce Institute at UKG surveyed 3,400 people across 10 countries to spotlight the critical role of our jobs, leadership, and most of all, our managers play in supporting mental health in, in and outside of work. So let's look at the report. I would actually like to see it. See how they have it here. Hmm. Looks like the same article. Um, okay, so it says employees in India compared to the United States. It says who's most likely to trade in a high paying job and supportive mental health? 88% of people in India and 70% of the people in the United States. You see that? And it says 70% for Gen Z's, 69% for millennials, and 56% uh, for Generation X, 46% for baby boomers. So what, what this tells us here specifically is that the Gen Z population, they will throw away the job, okay? It doesn't matter how much they pay to maintain their mental health. And so if you are a baby boomer, that means you're uh, 65 and older. They're not willing to let go of their jobs pretty much for anything. So this is why we see uh, huge disparities in the baby boomers retiring in today's society. But that would be another podcast, right? Um, so millennials are about 69% right under the Gen Zs. Generation X, which is around um, like my generation of people, 56%. So these statistics are sort of alarming, right? When you think about the greater engagement that leads to better mental health. So um, it says here, percentage of employees reporting good or excellent mental health. 
So good or excellent mental health was um, people that had, um, I don't understand what checked out means. What does it have here? It says greater engagement leads to better mental health with higher engagement and a greater sense of purpose at work. People are more likely to be in good or excellent mental health. Oh, okay. I get it. So the people who are basically 20% of the people are like basically not there. They're mentally not there at work. 40% are coasting around. 56% are content. 63% are committed. 83, 80% of people are energized. So what this says is um, that leaves just in one in 10 globally who are merely coasting or checked out entirely. So one in 10 people. Um, however, take away work-life balance and that number jumps from 11% to 29% of employees. So employees who feel unable to balance priorities at work and home are also for, are, are also far more likely to report poor or very poor mental health. So you have about 25% versus 8% globally. And to think that their job has a direct negative impact on the status of their mental health is about 51% versus 20, 20% globally. So 51% of these 3,400 people believe that their job is negatively impacting their mental health. So I know that that was a negative, a negative analogy that I provided at the beginning of the podcast, but I just want you all to know that you know work ethic is influenced by your mental health. Your, you know... Your uh, attitude influences your level of success at work. The way you collaborate with other people influences the amount of success at work. It influences the overall outcomes of your mental health. So we see that people who lack work-life balance are nearly three times more likely than their peers to identify as coasting or checked out at work. They're not there. Mentally, they are not. So... um we see that um, a lot of people, it says here, one in five C-level leaders. So the C-level execs are the people usually on the board. You have a CEO, the chief executive officer. You have a COO, which is the chief operating officer. You have the vice president of the organization. All of these people are C-level execs or C-level leaders. All right. So you have these individuals in place and it says one in five c-level leaders admit that they're often or always feeling cynical or irritable and burned out at work so i don't want to work anymore but will their will they manager actually hear them say that probably not but you will see it happen in their work performance also in the results that they deliver and also the consumer report building and how they're maintaining relationship with with prospective uh, clients or consumers. And so what they're doing, they're either going to have a, a level of success or you're going to have a level of defeat. And, and so that means that you're going to have a consumer retention. Many, many uh, consumers are going to go to the competitors and shop with them instead of shopping with your brand because of the type of service. And so we see here that um one in three employees say that their manager fails to recognize the impact that they have on their team's mental well-being so that's about 35 percent of people um also it says seven in ten employees will like their company 70 percent um like their company and managers 68 percent to do more to support their mental health so managers really are not really supporting them 
what I wanted to do is now I wanted to talk about um, some scripture. I need to get in the word of God. And so I have some scriptures here today. I wanted you all to look at um, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. Okay, so go to your Bible. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. So it says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So what this means is that, see, God wants God wants you to know that even when you are attacked, even when your body is not feeling us apart, you can be hard pressed on every side of you, but you are not crushed. Because if you was crushed, you wouldn't be here. You could be perplexed, but you're not in despair. God doesn't want you in despair. You could be persecuted, beat up, falsely accused, all type of stuff. But you're not abandoned. Because God doesn't abandon you. You could be struck down, but you're not destroyed. You can fall a whole bunch of times, but that doesn't mean it's permanent. And sometimes when you fall and it's permanent, you really didn't fall because you're still moving mentally. So God give you the strength and the power where you need it. So you can be struck down, but not destroyed. So we are always going to carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus. But, you know, we never experienced the death of Jesus. The way we experience the death of Jesus is through the, the long suffering that we endure. When you are pressed on every side, when you are crushed, when you are perplexed, when you are persecuted, when you are struck down. That is how you experience the death of, the, of Jesus. When you feel like this is it, your mental health is like, where is it? You're not mentally healthy. You're mentally unhealthy. And so what you have to understand is that God wants you not to feel crushed. You are not in despair. You're not abandoned and you are not destroyed. This is what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. So, Understand that that's what the word of God is saying to you, that you will prevail. You will not van you will not be defeated to this situation. You are not going to be extinguished in this situation. This situation can't terminate you. It can't eradicate you. And if it does, guess what? You're going to go stand before God. So you don't have anything to be concerned or worried about. All right. The life here is not an eternal life, but eternal, eternal life comes from God. And so when you understand that God 
things will happen around you. You may be feeling hard pressed on every side of you, but don't feel crushed. Perplexed, you could be perplexed about things, but don't be don't be feeling hopeless and filled with despair or feel like you are uh, others others are outshining you. God wants you to feel like you are you know like you are an overcomer. You're exceeding things. You know that those are the things that God wants you to feel. So going back to the article, we see that there are, um, it's, it actually says in here, it says that nine and 10 C-level executives, which is around 91%, believe that their HR department is a good resource for mental health support, but only two thirds of workers agree, which is 64%. And a little more than a, a half of that, which is 54%, actually have ever used these resources so many employees do not even use utilize the you know resources that they have at the hr like you have the employee assistance program many organizations are not pushing their employees to utilize that so people and managers and hr should be teaming up to make sure employees are leveraging what the company has to offer like the employee assistant program and wellness coach resources this is so amazing i, I just literally said it and now i'm reading it so now look so it says employee post surveys can help uncover what resources are being underutilized from there hr can increase awareness they can also increase access available access including the company's total investment into health and well-being because if you have healthy employees guess what you're gonna have ha happy and consumers or prospective consumers so here here are some things that they look like they they're saying here so let's look at the three top tips for managers to boost belonging at work this brings teams closer together but before i even get into that how do we define belonging at work so in order to understand how to boost a sense of belonging at work you have to first identify what are some ways to define belonging at work so belonging at work means that you have an inclusivity you have employees that can you know feel comfortable with probably talking to the hr department or talking to their managers about whatever personal experience that they're having at home or the challenges that they're enduring at work they can go to a manager who then can refer them over to the hr department the hr department can then provide a list of available resources to those employees so that's one area in order to create sort of this belonging at work right a sense of belonging at work another way to enact or um engage in a sense of belonging at work is to be active make sure that you're being active with the type of di the different um programs that are happening around the 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 organization for instance you have a lot of affinity groups which is like you have the bipoc which is the black indigenous people of color then you have the women's organizations and many organizations have um, diverse groups that are for specifically for the disabled um and then you have other groups um just you know minority groups you then you have the affluent groups 
um, people who are just maybe pet lovers, different. There are all types of groups depending on, you know, what the organization allows, right? So getting involved and acclimated to these affinity groups will help provide a more thorough, you know, um, way to collaborate with uh, other employees, including your managers and subordinates. So it creates a culture of engagement, being active. The next way, um, from what I believe, these are all generated from my head. Okay. So if you would like to contribute to this list, please go ahead and send me an email and I'll be sure to make sure that I add it to the blog. I am going to be adding this information onto the blog, but not right now. Um, it should be posted later today. So another way to have a sense of belonging at work is to make sure that, you know, um, everyone is contributing to collaborative efforts. Um, meaning that are you checking up on your coworkers? Are you checking up on your managers? Are you making sure that you're playing your part and say, okay, do you need any help? Is there any way, you know, um, do you need to talk about anything? You know, or did you need help with this? Or did you need clarification? So managers need to make sure that they're pushing forward collaborative efforts with their employees. Making sure that the environment is open for these types of discussions for improvement and not just talking at employees, but talking with them in a way to identify their needs um, for improvement. Right. So let's look now at the tip. So now that we've identified some of the ways that, you know, people can have a sense of belonging at work, let's provide them with some tips for managers. So based off of this article. Um, they have three different tips. And so one of the tips are to provide an empathetic voice, right? Ha. So I know for sure, for sure, sometimes my voice is elevated at times, but usually when I'm in person, I am not like yelling at people like that. So um, when, when I talk in front of an audience or in front of people, I try to maintain my tone of voice for the, the room depending on how you are situated. For instance, if you are publicly speaking to a large crowd of people, you want to make sure that you, um, and, and if there are a lot of people scattered throughout the seats and area, right? You want to make sure that you tell everyone to move forward because sound does what sounds, sound can bounce off of the walls. So you want to make sure that you're situating everyone to come closer to create this engagement where the sound is bouncing right to the audience and not spreading out in different places. So have everyone sort of um, situated close so that you can speak and they can properly hear you. Um, so your voice it is really important. So a lot of times it's not, it's not what you say that people hear. But it's what you said that they thought they heard you say. Okay? So let me say that again. It's not what you say that people actually hear. It's what people thought you said is what they heard. So they, they thought that that's what you said. They thought you said this and they thought you said that. So um, really... In order to provide an empathetic voice, if you're comfortable, you want to be open about your feelings, personal struggles, 
your experiences with mental health by expressing vulnerability yourself. You create a safe space for employees to bring their whole selves to work. In turn, this will help you better understand how you can help. So a lot of times when I'm talking about my personal stories, it's because I went through a lot of different situations. And so this allows me to create a safe space because if I could share my stories, I want you to understand and know that if this is a safe space for you to share your stories. So if you want to come on as a, as a speaker, go ahead and do so. But if you're coming on here to, you know, flirt with me or you're making all of these uh, obscene um, comments and obscene languages and stuff like that, I'm going to ignore those things. But if you coming on as a speaker or as a commentator and you want to reflect on the things that you've went through and your experiences, please understand that this is a safe space. So I will not tolerate anything other than having a, a safe space to talk. Okay. So I will not allow anyone to come on that will um, disrespect your level of, of safe of safety. Okay. So I make sure that I'm vulnerable. I am vulnerable because of the fact that I know that God has me equipped with the Holy Spirit. So I can't be broken. Um, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, allows me to be soft with God. But when it comes to evil things, evil cannot impact me in no type of way. So I know that when I am vulnerable, God is not going to allow the enemy to come in and do anything to my vulnerability because of the fact that I'm equipped with the Holy Spirit, which I'm protected by the blood of Jesus. So you want to make sure that when you're speaking about things that are, that may be vulnerable to you, that, you know, you allow yourself to pray about it first, you pray about all things. Okay. So now let I want to put another scripture with that. So that's um, provide an empathetic voice. So an empathetic voice isn't really like your tone of voice per se, but it also could include your tone of voice. But you really are making yourself vulnerable to expressing um, how you've experienced this and how you've overcome. So it's about it's, it's about you being able to explain the situation, what you did, and what was the result from that. And this allows you to be able to express your vulnerability at work. All right. So managers should get in the habit of creating a safe space for people to be able to talk. All right. Now, let me go to another scripture here. So if you go to um go to Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. 36 it says so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of god you will receive what he has promised so understand that no matter what happens that even when you go to your managers with and you're vulnerable and they're not so welcoming you know they're making they may get upset about you know like whatever they're getting upset about okay they could get upset with you like taking time away from work why are you want to talk about your problems you know you may never know so you just want to make sure that regardless of whatever the situation is god wants you not to throw your confidence away 
you make sure that your confidence is attached to Christ so that that way you're not even having to deal with anyone trying to trying to um stifle or um you know like interfere with the level of confidence that God has already given you all right right because it says that it will be richly rewarded so don't throw it away because God's going to give you confidence like my confidence level is so high and it's high because it's uh, my confidence is attached to God and so I know that I walk equipped with the Holy Spirit and as I walk equipped with the Holy Spirit I know that you know I can't be taking off my square because I'm growing in my level of maturity in Christ. So this allows me to understand things differently. I'm not looking at things from my own tunnel vision or my own perspective. I'm looking at it from the scope of the way that God wants me to see it. And so that's the way that I'm seeing it now. And I'm improving in my maturity, in my relationship and walk with Christ. That's why I said in verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So God is going to continually provide more and more for you, right? So God has a will, a plan, and a purpose for your life, right? And so that his plan, will, and purpose is going to be fulfilled. And it doesn't stop after one thing. God wants you to accomplish multiple things that is a part of his plan, will, and purpose. All right? So just understand, once you've accomplished one part of God's will, you're going to keep on moving forward. It's like you're climbing a ladder to success. And you're never going to stop. It's never ending with God. All right. So that's that's the way that God is. Amen. And so that's the way that you all have to see that God is going to be able to give you consistency, a consistent amount of success, regardless of what you're experiencing at work, regardless of whatever the culture may be or regardless of whatever it is. God wants you to know that he is the provider and he's going to he's going to reward your confidence. Just make sure that you don't throw away your confidence. You know, when you feeling like you defeated, like I just had to explain to my son. My, well, my one of my uh sons, he said, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't like perky today. You know, he was feeling a little down and stuff. And it's like, okay, mom, you know, I got to pay these bills and bill here and bill there. So when you feeling like, okay, I, I didn't spend my, all my money on bills, it's okay. You have to appreciate what you have. That's the number one important thing that, okay, you had to spend all your money, but at least you have something to show for it. Appreciate what you have. Appreciate the ability that you have to go to work. Appreciate that you have money to put in your bank and to pay a bill. So these are all things that God wants us to be appreciative about. So appreciate it. Appreciate what you have, not what you don't have. You can't focus on what you don't. Because once you get it, you ain't going to want it. You don't want something else. So don't focus on what you don't because you'll never be satisfied. That's like when people always chase their money, they want to chase this. They'll go from $5 million, now I want 10 From $10 million, now they want 50 From $50 billion, they want 100 You know, so it is always a... Uh, um, uh, a chase that'll never be met. Okay, they're chasing a feeling that'll never be that'll never be fulfilled. So you don't want to when you focus on the things that you don't have, you're chasing something that'll never be fulfilled. Because once you obtain those things, it's like now what? You want more? So just be content and allow God to you know reward you what you do have appreciate the things that you have and just make steps it's okay to sometimes make turtle steps
When you move at a turtle pace, guess what? It, it allows you to analyze things from a different perspective. Because you're not moving too fast. So that turtle pace going to keep you invested and pivoted exactly where God wants you to be. But you're moving too fast, sometimes you'll meet, miss your beat. So don't miss your beat. Okay. So God said in 30, verse 36, Hebrews 10, 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And remember, the will of God is not going to stop. All right. So going back to the article here, um, the second thing, um, another tip for managers to boost a sort of the sense of belonging at work is to enable and encourage time off. So it says uh, more than a quarter of employees, which is about 28%, take off only one to four days at a time. And 85% of employees don't use all their alluded time off. That's 85% of people out of these 3,400 people do not use their time off. So the trouble is, is that 89% of managers and 88% of uh, C-level execs don't either. So you have about 90%, which is on average for managers and C-level uh, leaders that are not taking their time off. So management should always model good behavior for their people by taking meaningful time off so that everyone knows it's best practice to come back rested, refreshed, and focused. Well, let me let me say this for let me give you an example of this. When I worked at my last job, I worked at Cognizant Technology Solutions. I was an Oracle, uh, basically an Oracle software engineer. And I would say about 70% of the time, the managers never gave us any work to do. So basically all of the managers did was not work and still get paid because managers felt like they they didn't have to do anything they had no one really watching over them and so all they do is just approve time that's it they never really respond to emails it's like you know they're just lounging around everyone is on active and nobody's doing any work and so could you imagine the hundreds of thousands of dollars that an organization is losing? There are managers that are literally not doing any work. And how are they able to get away with that? Well, it starts at the top now. Many of the C-level executives are not aware of what's happening at the bottom of their organization. Many of the board members or the stakeholders, they're not aware of what's happening at the bottom of the organization. They're only concerned at maybe mid-level. And so everyone down from that level is like, well, wait a minute. The accountability is basically eradicated. And so this is not good at all because I thought about it and I looked at the reviews and everything and I noticed, I say, oh, wow, this is so interesting. I never actually worked for an organization and nobody does any work. And I inbox some managers like, okay, so 
please give me some work to do. I, I don't know if that's the re one of the main reasons why I was laid off because we didn't do any work. There was no work. And I just was like, I didn't feel comfortable working like that. Okay. Um, when we did do some work, I was excited, but we normally don't do anything. It's not, not no work to do besides constantly going back and forth through email. And I am sitting here like, okay, what else would you like for me to do? What else is it there for me to do? So sometimes when you work efficiently and effective, you know, you're going to finish your work fast and no, they're not going to have anything for you to do. And they'll say, well, just, you know, just enjoy the moment. It's not just enjoy the moment for me. I am an employee. I am being paid and I feel uncomfortable. I, it feels unethical for me to sit here and not do anything. I'm not used to that. And I am getting tired. <laughs> I don't want to work a job like that. Okay. And so I want to give me some work to do. I, I like working. You do could could I possibly help another department out? You know, so they actually have created like some work for me to do. Um, but I really, really, if you really do like if someone was to like do an analysis of this, I'm sure that that isn't the only organization that, you know, are doing that. I was reading an article where the lady, there was someone that said that she did not work 90% of the time and yet she was still paid. So it's unfortunate because I think about if I had my own business, right? And, and I had employees doing that on my, within my business. I mean, I do have my own business. What I'm saying is a what if analysis. What if I had a business where employees was coming to work and not doing any work, but they were still being paid. That's unethical. So when you're going to work, you want to put yourself in a in the mindset of, of your C-level leaders. You want to make sure that you were working hard enough, like if this was your own business, would you want someone coming to your job, coming to your organization, working the way that you work and if the answer is no then you don't want to do it when you're going to work for your organization or whatever company you're working for so i usually i have the motto that you know when i work somewhere i want to work and treat them as if it was my own business so i want to be attentive i want to you know build rapport i want to make sure that i have consumer um consumer perspectives uh consumer increase um and numbers um also spreading the word of mouth is is much faster than any other marketing efforts um so all of these things is so important to make sure that you're staying inclined to producing results at work and the way that you do that is take time off if you need it if you are seeing things happen at work and i know that this doesn't say it in this article but that is fine if you are seeing things happen at work and you are, you know, an employee and you feel comfortable with talking to one of those managers that are vulnerable with you, then explain to them like this isn't right. Tell them what's going on. Take it to higher C-level leaders and see what happens. Because maybe you can be bringing something to light that other people will never bring to light. And so it's important to be able to say, hey, you know, this company time is being used inappropriately across so many different um 
disciplines within the organization, within so many different departments. And so that allows that organization to be able to look into that, specifically with the HR and different um, and, and the loss prevention. OK, so let's look at another scripture. Um, I wanted to go to Psalms 145 and 19. And so it says he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. See, it doesn't matter about what's going on in this world. God knows the level of fear for him. So if you fear in that job more than you, you know, um, care about your relationship with God, you have to understand that if God said that he's going to fulfill your desires, believe that God is going to fulfill your desires. Quit doubting God in situations because God, he will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. God is the only one that gives the approval for the enemy to do anything. And if the enemy has approval to do anything, that means that God uh, uh, is allowing you to now stand up and make a choice. So you have to understand and show your experience, whether it be positive or negative, it is meant for you to make a choice. I'm going to say that again. Your experience, whether that be positive or negative, it is meant for you to make a choice. Now, you're going to make a, a, a choice that is going to lead to a good outcome or you're going to make a choice that is going to lead you to a bad outcome. But ultimately, that is your decision. And so when we're making decisions, we need to make sure that we're praying and including God in our choices and decisions, but not just that, that you have a level of fear for God and anything in this world. Because you know that God loves you. And if he needs to chastise you, that might be something that you might not want. So is, is it, is it worth being chastised or is it worth listening? Which one are you going to do? Because it's up to you. You want to be chastised by God or do you want to listen? So you see, when God say that, when God say something out of his mouth, it, that's going to happen. That's, that means it's going to happen. So um he fulfills the desires of those who fear him so if you fear god it's not just god chastising you but god gonna give you the desires that you have because you cry out to him and because you fear him so like for me i don't want to make the wrong decision so every single choice I make, every single decision, I'm like, God, look, I know you've given me free choice and I know you didn't make me robotic, but I want you included in all my choices. I want you included in all decisions. I don't want to make the wrong move. God, I need you. So that's, that's what's up. That's how I feel. Like you got to make god so important where you knock over everything else like it's like uh-uh see i ain't about to make that choice i ain't even prayed about that yet 
How you about to go on vacation somewhere? You ain't even prayed about it. You just, you just out here making moves. Ain't even including God. You can just do whatever you want. So, no, no, no. It don't work like that. So, going back to the article, um, just make sure that you enable and encourage time off. That is what managers supposed to do. But also, you as an employee, you want to make sure you're taking enough days off so it can give you, you know, the desires of your heart. All right? And then you'll feel rested, refreshed, and focused. So the last um, tip that they have here is treat employees like people. Basically, right? You want to, every organization should provide support and care for employees and managers definitely should do the same. So just because you are in a position of power doesn't mean that you have to abuse the power that you have. Some people, like for instance, I, my manager, she really, really loved working with me. But the amount of gossip and some of the things that was going on, I would avoid her. And I literally, I say, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's not that um, we're having like a lot of different disagreements or anything. Because she was like, why are you avoiding me? I noticed you avoiding me. And I was just like, it's just certain things that I don't like at work. <laughs> I mean, I have to come here and work every single day. I don't want to participate in gossip. That's why, like, for instance, one time... I was standing in line for lunch and um, some people just walked up while I was talking to another employee and then I just, I went like this. And then I just walked off. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't want to gossip. So I just, I just walked off. I didn't say, well, I'll see y'all later or I talk to y'all later. I just looked at everybody and walked off. That that was my exit strategy. I don't know what type of exit strategy that was, but that's what I did. I didn't explain nothing because I've already explained it. I don't not I don't want to be a part of gossip. So now I don't explain myself. I just walk off. In the middle of a conversation, you did it. The wrong people walking up and all y'all want to do is talk about such and such. And this person, I'm going to walk off from you. <laughs> you you're not even going to be able to finish saying what you're saying. I'm not even going to tell you I'm about to walk off. I'm going to just, you're going to be in the middle of talking to me and I'm going to just walk off. Because I just told you I don't want to be a part of that. So it's so important that um you treat employees like people, Right. And sometimes if you're not, when you're not a manager, you're going to have managers who are not going to treat employees like people, but that's okay. That's when you go and you communicate with your manager and say, Hey, you know, um, is this something that I said to you? Was it something that I did incorrect? Cause I just thought the way, you know, that we've been having this lack of communication with each other or from this X amount of days, I just thought that maybe we should have a one-on-one -on -one talk about it. Is it okay if I talk to you about how I've been feeling at work with, you know, when I'm around you? And so it's it's just about you being a mature person and you going to your manager or your boss and you're like, okay, look, I, I really would like to talk to you. And you don't have to front them off in front of other people. That's number one thing. Let me, ex I'm going to explain this. With my kids, 
if they are doing something um wrong with you know um somebody else i would i never ever be like oh you shouldn't have been doing this and you shouldn't have never did that i don't front my kids off in front of people that's something that i don't do i wait until i'm around them one-on-one well, I say, let me talk to you for a minute. And if they doing something, you know, I'll wait. And then I go and talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. It's so much more empowering when you talk to people one-on-one -on -one than when you're trying to, to solve a problem in front of an entire room of people. And, and if those people are not mature, it can cause a lot of problems. And so like with adolescents, my children are adults, but they, to me, they're more so like emerging adults, you know? And so the way I think about that is like, okay, I can't be doing this. And I, I don't front them off. Cause my son, I would, one time I was talking to my son and I was like, you know, you need to make sure you fly. Let me see your teeth. And it was on his birthday. And, and he looking in the phone, he like, mom, everybody out, everybody over here, you want to talk about my braces. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. I ain't mean to do that. So it's like, <laughs> sometimes when you're doing that little motherly love, the kids don't like that either. But in the same way, you have to also treat people like that at work. You have to make sure that when you're approaching certain situations and certain topics, you want to make sure like, hey, you know, is it okay if I talk to you for a minute? Or, you know, when do you have time or, or what day this week will you have time during lunch so we could chat a bit? I wanted to talk to you about a few things that has been bothering me. And so what that does, it opens the wave up for communication efforts. And so as long as you're maintaining communication efforts, this is going to allow you all to employ and sponsor workplace resolution, conflict resolution. So you need to take the initiative, but I'm going to go back to what this um, article talks about. So the article, uh, so that was just my reflection. All right. But the article says specifically to treat employees like people. So every organization should provide support and care for employees and managers definitely should do the same. So with purpose and trust, 88% of employees look forward to work and are more likely to contribute to their company's success. It's why our purpose is people at UKG. So we're here to help companies across the world and in every industry create great workplaces for all so people enjoy going to work and find fulfillment and purpose in the work that they do so i think that if it, anyone is going to waste any type of time it shouldn't be no time wasted on the clock i believe that diversity equity and inclusion should be um employed and sponsored for employees to be able to discuss and have meetings for as long as they need to right because this supports like long-term efforts and longevity of the organization maybe um a four-day work week and then maybe a friday where you have um 
four hours worth of diversity, equity, and inclusion time. You know, there should be a limit or a cap on that paid type of DEI um, programs. And so that's just my perspective. I will be um, posting some of the the article, I'm sorry, some of the statistics on the website, but I wanted to go to another scripture. And so this is one of my favorite scriptures here. Now, the first one I went over was Psalm 145 and 19, verse 19, that says, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. I like that. Psalm 37, 4, this is my favorite scripture. And it actually correlates with Psalm 145 and 19. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, the reason why this scripture resonates with me so much is because it reminds me of Job. And I know that I have talked about Job probably on every single podcast, which every single blog. That I have talked about Job. That's because Job, a lot of people, they don't really acknowledge the book of Job as being an inspiration. Um, they kind of hear a lot of Job complaints. But Job was a weeper. And so many times when we going through stuff, you're going to be a weeper too. A weeper is somebody who's crying out to God. So, like, if you look at Psalm, 30, Psalm 145 and verse 19, it says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry. He hears their cry and saves them. So, when you weep, you are crying. When you're going through an experience, it hurts. It hurts. I don't know what negative experience that anybody went through that it didn't hurt them. But it's all about how do you deal with hurt and pain. Some people like, depending on the level of, of pain that you're in, um, it depends on what your ethical values are also. How do you find ethics? How do you define your values? Some people believe, oh, I'm going to feed my family by any means necessary. That means rob, stealing, whatever. That's their ethics. They're not going to be out here not being able to go feed their family. They can't get a job. They applied everywhere. So all they know how to do is steal. So that's what they feel like is the right thing to do. They really believe this. So now you take a capitalist, right? You, you take a capitalist person who has a, a, a fluent um, wealth in a society. And these people like, look, I'm going to stay affluent regardless of whatever the poor needs. So that's how they feel, right? They're going to stay rich and wealthy no matter what the poor needs. I give you a little bit of money here and there, but don't be thinking you're going to not let me make millions. They want a hundred billion. Uh, -uh I want more than a hundred billion. I need 200 billion. Them poor people, they get a thousand dollars a month. They could get universal basic income home. Forget them slavery reparations. Why are they asking for that? We aren't giving them nothing. Don't nobody owe them nothing. Like lack of accountability, <laughs> like intergenerational transmissions don't exist.
Like you forget all about that. But they believe what they're doing is right. Just like the thief. They got to do whatever they have to do in order to feed their family. If they can't get a job, they uneducated. What do you think a criminal going to do if they got to feed kids? What do you think they would do? Ding, 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 ding. That's all they know. How to steal. So they're going to go out and steal and then go take their kids some chicken or ramen noodles or whatever they kids want to eat. That's what they're going to try to do, provide. And so that is what's happening in society. So many people, they believe that what they're doing is correct. You know, they believe that all of these things is right. Affluent people, they believe that what they're doing is right. You know, the working class person is like, look, I can't win for losing. Every paycheck is being spent on these bills. And I'm walking around here in holy socks. I can't even buy no socks. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, but all I keep doing is hearing my cousin. That's all he is to talk about. Is oh, I gotta work, I gotta do this, and and every day well, he used to stay with me a long time ago and he'll be uh stressed out about having to go to work and, and his feet and his foot hurt and he can't he don't have enough money to buy socks. And then I have somebody else I know that's complaining, all oh, my back gonna go out by the time I'm 50. If I keep working like this, I ain't gonna have no back. Because they got to bend over and work real hard doing construction and stuff. So, you know, you, you have the working class person who feel like they doing, they carrying all the weight for everybody. So they think that what they doing is right. And nobody else is doing anything because guess what? They're not able to buy themselves any socks. I haven't had a new coat in five years. I ain't bought a pair of shoes in a year. You know, so they work hard. So their kids and family can be looking nice, right? And so you 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 think that everyone don't believe that what they're doing is right? Yeah, they, they think that what they're doing is right. Absolutely. But you have to understand that we have to take delight in the Lord. That's missing. And so, like, Job, going back to Job, Job was a weeper. All he did was, like, whine about everything. He, oh! All this stuff. You know, he would have been like the weeper that they came back socks. Or the affluent person that don't want to help the poor because, like, you trying to take away from my hundred million. You don't need this my money. I work for that. You own you out. This my money. I'm getting a hundred billion more. I'm gonna spend it the way I want, even if I can't spend it in my whole life. I just want to see my bank account increase. So that's what they think. And then you have the people who like a thief. They're out there like, ah, ain't no way I'm about to sit here every day and I'll be able to feed my kids. I already look for a job. I apply for a job and nobody want to hire me. I don't got no resume. Come have a resume. I never had a job. Why? why? They told me to go online and then I go online and they asked me for more information. How am I supposed to do that? Why they can't just hire me? How am I going to gain the experience if they don't just give me the experience? So it's like, okay, you have people who can't feed their kids and they're trying. What else do you expect them to do besides be a criminal? That's what they're going to do. So the problem is, is that everyone is crying. Everyone is weeping. 
everyone is weeping like how Joe was a weeper, but they didn't have the same same desires like Joe. Joe weep, but he prayed for his friends. So this scripture means a lot to me because it reminds me of Job. And it, it means that like we can keep we can keep hope alive in our situation because you see what happened to Job when he prayed for his friends. God blessed him with twice as much as before. But it wasn't until he prayed for his friends. So you have to have a desire in your heart to be like, okay, look, God, I know this is hard right now, God, but I know I can trust you. I just pray that you give me a breakthrough on one of these jobs. You might not have a resume. You might not have, you know, like the experience. But if you keep trying every day, I promise you, if you take the light in the Lord, Psalm 37, 4, if you take the light in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And you might be an affluent person who got money and, and you like, look, I want a hundred million, but you know, I just don't want the poor people to keep trying to tell me what to do with my money. I'm working hard for my money right now. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do with my money. I don't want nobody interfering with my business. Well, then that's when you got to say, you know what? God, thank you for giving me the things that I have and I want to help people. But I still want to be able to have the things that I want. So you create jobs, not just for one particular race. Because that's what many, many people do. They are, they have the ability to change the economy. They hire like majority of one race. And then majority of one minority race. But they're not equally distributed. So one thing in like one thing in like research that we do, we look at the bell curve. So the bell curve is like this and it goes like that. And the bell curve tells us if something is equally distributed or not. So you have a curve. So imagine this curve and then you have the lines to tell us, OK, is this equally distributed or not? And if it's under, then it's not if it's. Fluctuating is not. So then if you have like a bell curve that is fluctuating, then you're going to have outliers of these, the data, and the data is going to be skewed, which means that when you have skewed data, that means it's going to be inaccurate. So if you having a bell curve type of organization, that is not equally distributed, you're going to have some problems within your organization. You might not think, but you're not going to be as fluid as you can be if you are able to have an equal distribution. This is proven in statistics. And see, I'm a numbers person too, but I'm also a child of God. So I don't rely on the logic of this world. I rely on the Holy Spirit. But see, I'm speaking now to the statisticians. Because that's what I do on my research. I love analyzing data. So when I look at data, I'm reading it. I'm a programmer. I'm a software engineer now. So when I'm looking at different programming and development, I'm infatuated with this type of stuff. It's tedious, but I love doing it. 
So you have to understand that when, when you're analyzing things in that perspective and you're looking at the bell curve of your organization and you're a numbers type of person, anything that's unequally distributed, guess what? It's not going to be fluid. And so you, you just might make the Fortune 500 list, but you're not going to be number one. You might go a couple of points up and down. But you're not going to remain in the top five. So it's you have to look at not just the comp competition. Don't never look at your competition. You have to check for new innovative ways of maintaining your organization and how your organization can stay fluid. So it's so important to make sure that those people that are affluent, that you're creating opportunities to help fluctuate the economy in a positive direction for growth which will curve that supply and demand for the things within your organization. It, it can only skyrocket your innovation when you are equally distributed. And so that's so important to understand. Um, so when, when you're looking at this equal distribution, you want to make sure that you're not just including the equal distribution for race, but you also including the equal distribution of men and women. Excuse me. So you, so we take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And so now you, you, you take the worker who's been working extra hard. They've been doing so much they can't even be bad socks. And so it's not about that person always giving and giving and giving to you. It's about what can you do for them? Can you go bad something that they mentioned, like? For instance, like if my kids mention something to me, I know that it's important to them. So you have to pet, you have to place value on other people level of important things. So for me, I am going to place a significant amount of value on maybe my sister level of important things. You want to place a high level or a high value on other people level of important things. So if I say, I don't want to have that discussion, that means I don't want to have that discussion. If I say, I feel like you're not listening to me, that means that I feel like you're not listening to me. You got to place value on that. For instance, when my son, he says, mom, I don't want you discussing everything with my dad when it comes to my life. I place value on that. My daughter say, look, mom, I'm an adult. I don't need to, I don't need to have to tell that you all every single thing that I do. I don't have to tell you my business all the time. Okay. So I place value on that. So you have to place value on other people's level of important things. For instance, I always talk about my son with his with his girlfriend when he goes over her house he just throws his clothes down and he's like she's like well why don't you clean up why do you want me to always pick up behind you you know and so you have to place value on making sure you clean up behind yourself don't just throw your shoes out don't just throw your pants around you know making sure that you do what you need to do to place value on that person's level of important things. 
So many times, is it going to be like uh, ethical? You have to, you have to uh, analyze whether or not you placing value on something ethical, or are you placing value on something unethical? And how do you define ethical and unethical behavior? So any anything that will cause another person harm is unethical. So if you steal from somebody, that causes harm to another. That's unethical. If you hurt her feelings because of what you said, that's unethical. Is it like, oh, okay, well, I said it. I said this. But I didn't intend to hurt your feelings. Is that unethical or, un or ethical? It's unethical. You may not have the intent. I may not have the intent to have hurt your feelings. But if that's the way you perceived it, even though I don't have control over the way you interpret it, now I want to have a discussion about it. I'm going to place value on what you're saying to me. We're going to get this issue resolved. It's all about communication. So God wants us to understand that even if that, if that person that, that has been working really hard and came buy some socks, go buy him some socks. Go buy him an outfit. Go get his haircut. Go get, go get her feet done. Go get her nails done. Go get her eyebrows did. You know, you want to place emphasis on another person's level of important things, even if they don't tell you that that's what they want. They say, oh, I ain't even had my nails done. I ain't even had my feet done. I ain't even had my hair done. I can't even buy no new shoes. But they've been working hard for you. So place level of importance on those things. But the number one thing that we should all be doing is we need to take the light in the Lord so that he will give us the desire of our heart. When we take the light in God, God is going to give us the desires of our heart. And there's nothing that we need to be stressed or concerned about. Amen. So um, let me push forward. And I would like to talk about the um, echo cheeks. I've been trying to get this discussion down for two days now. And so um, now I have the opportunity. I have about 20 minutes left in the podcast. And so um, what I would like to do is talk about echo cheeks. All right, so let me pull up their website. All right, so let's let me go ahead and um I'm gonna start over actually because I feel like I didn't get a chance to finish talking about them the other day. So I'm I'm just gonna start over. All right, hopefully that doesn't bother anyone. Um, so it says that they have the healthiest toilet paper for people and the planet. They say, yes, you can save the planet and have quality at the same time. Whilst conveniently delivered to your door, Australia-wide. Okay, so they have been talking on Sunrise, Low Tox Moments, Movement, The Slow Journal. They have also um, been mentioned on Get It, on uh, also the Natural Parent Magazine, uh bondy beauty beauty and wellness inside and out they have also been mentioned on shift i believe that says shift uh so what their product offers is a tissue that has zero chlorine bleach zero fragrance zero inks or dyes zero bpa or formal dehyde 
zero plastics and their bamboo is responsible um responsibly sourced sustainable sustainably farmed also fsc certified and is gmo free so they are proud to be 100 australian owned and operated while supporting local businesses and charities so look what we know look we know you're busy we're here to make life easier not only the convenience of stress-free delivery but also we offer a set and forget subscription which is flexible and customizable to your needs um <coughs> excuse me leave it to us one moment let me have a, a little drink so just dry pardon so it says so they offer a set and forget subscription which is flexible and customized customizable to your needs leave it to us to remember the cheat sheets and save your time and effort for much more important things we made sure we're not we're not the irritating one chlorine bleach is used to whiten some paper and research has shown mixed with paper pulp it causes dioxins which are known toxins so we we know that dioxins causes cancer we know that uh, dioxins causes urinary tract infections it also causes ovarian cancer just many different types of cancer so dioxins enter inside of the bloodstream through the vagina when you're wiping and it causes toxins to enter into your body not just the vagina but also your anal canal and so all of these different products that you're using for toilet paper is actually um unhealthy toxins that are going back into your bloodstream and contaminating your blood so it says so we've also removed all of the irritating toxic chemicals like formaldehyde fragrance and bpa that shouldn't be on the most absorbent area of the body so these things cause irritation or on making the way into your bloodstream so it's also um we shouldn't have to choose between quality or helping the environment and i love the ideology just think about the ideology there for a moment let me say it again we shouldn't have to choose between quality or helping the environment that's why we have ensured our products are top quality family including male approved whilst also being placed on the eye we all want to make better more sustainable choices in life but we also know if it's not enjoyable then it's not a sustainable choice long term well i i like that ideology too if it's not enjoyable then it's not a sustainable choice long term yeah because anything that isn't enjoyable like we see at the work culture is going to produce mentally unhealthy people but if it's enjoyable with minimal risk we know that it's going to be a sustainable choice long term so that's an excellent reflection i would say so you and i there is you and i know there is no planet b and I like the way they mentioned that, okay? You and I know that there is no planet B and the destruction to our extraordinary mother earth is devastating. So we protect our precious forests 
including the animals and ecosystems, um, by producing with 100% bamboo. We're also plastic-free in our manufacturing and shipping whilst offsetting all orders that we send, making our couriers carbon neutral. So, I mean, I, I guess that is good because it's plastic-free. Um, another thing that I would like to add is that with them mentioning the plastic-free part of the manufacturing process, that's really good because what a lot of people don't understand or they're unknowingly unaware of the, the implications and risk of packaging products. So when you're when you go to a, maybe McDonald's, your local McDonald's, and you see your your sandwich is wrapped in this McDonald's paper, that paper also produces dioxins and toxins. So many of the packaging that certain products are coming in are contaminating and they are filled with toxins so like so many different toxins that they will like subjugate um you know any healthy component any healthy components out of the product so um you don't want to be buying products that have packaging that can interfere with your health too. So just say, for instance, you're going to a restaurant and now they're using this foam um, plate to cover your food. That plate has toxins. Many of these plastics that are, um, uh, that, that are being utilized to package our materials and products, all of the, many of those products have toxins and dioxins in it. And so when you're eating this food, now the toxins from the paper of your sandwich is now seeped off into your into your bread or has now melted part of it, the part of the chemicals onto your meat. Right? And so we are inadvertently you know, just taking unhealthy products all the time from the from the point of the tissue that we use to the pads and the tampons all the way up into the food. Now you have certain soap, like another thing with soap. You have the soap that produce when you're washing up with the soap, it leaves soap scum on your body. So under UV lights, you will still have soap scum on you. So soap scum does not come off with all products, which is why I use Native. Native has no parabens, no um, it has no aluminum, it has no like chemicals in Native products. So that's what I use, but I haven't talked about that yet. But I really love the way that Echo Cheeks explain it um by them using a plastic-free manufacturing and shipping that it allows them to be carbon neutral. That's an extra added plus because what they're saying to you is that, look, we're not packaging our products with a pro with a packaging company that is going to provide you with toxins and toxins as well. They're basically minimizing, eliminated by being carbon neutral. So that's that's a great and um, a great analogy.
So it says, hello, sweet cheeks. I'm Tanya and I founded Echo Cheeks with the belief that we put on in and around our body contributes to our overall health. Find out more about our story. <coughs> this seems nice. Let's click on the story. Oh, it's not that long either. I think I have enough time. So it says, me, Tanya, and Alfred. Oh, okay. This is a baby. So just Tanya and her baby. Um, her baby, Alfred. Um, this little exploring, outdoor-loving family have a passion for clean living and wellness. It's been a journey of constant learning and taking small steps of change along the way. Motivated to become more sustainably conscious and create a safer environment for her son, Tanya made a personal commitment to remove unnecessary toxins from their home. She discovered that chlorine bleach was used to whiten some toilet papers, which can create dioxins, a known toxin that causes reproductive and infertility problems in adults. See that now, yes, it is a known problem and it does cause reproductive and infertility problems. I, I did forget to mention that, but I've already mentioned it several times during this entire podcast. So I'm glad that she re, um, she uh, reiterates it here. So uh, it causes reproductive and infertility problems in adults, damage the immune system and interfere with the endocrine system. So your endocrine system is how um, many uh, cancers are uh, created within the, the body. So the endocrine system is what is a carrier for cancers. All right. Um, doesn't necessarily equate to you getting cancer in the endocrine system. But that's a passage that cancer likes to use in order to infect the body with the uh, with the cancer components. So no matter the level of danger, she thought it was crazy to be putting it on one of the most absorbent areas of the body. Why take the risk for white paper? She set out to find an alternative. And although some products uses EFC, which is a, a elemental free chlorine, which is deemed to be a safer method, a degree of chemicals are still used in the manufacturing and ultimately the end product. With nothing on the market, 100% free from all types of chlorine bleach, Echo Cheeks was born. Voila, that was nice. So uh, when, it, when it came to deciding on what material to use, bamboo was the easy choice. Bamboo is such an incredible product for so many reasons. It's beautifully soft and strong with no compromise on quality. Being a huge nature lover, lover and knowing that by choosing bamboo, it would help preserve our precious forests, it was a no-brainer. Find out more about uh, why bamboo here. Um, with the belief that safe and sustainable doesn't have to be serious, she developed a cheeky brand that has, has uh, fun with bombs and celebrates the wonders and beauty of nature. So our brand promise. So it looks like that brand promise is to, is to stay safe, sustainable, and sassy. So we are passionate about health and preserving our beautiful planet. We want to provide safer, more sustainable options when it comes to everyday disposable products. Globally, we have the ability to create, create a safer products that are, that are better for us and the environment without compromising on quality. And that's what we promise to deliver to you. So it's safe for you, your family and our earth, zero nasties, sustainable, save our forests. Bamboo is the world's fastest regenerating plant.
sassy. Come on, we're talking about bums and, and cleaning all day. We're allowed to be cheeky. Zero nasty chemicals, zero plastic, naturally luxe bamboo disposable products. Oh, I like that. That's nice. So congratulations to Tanya and Alfred um, on being sustainable, plastic-free, absorbent, hyperallergenic, soft and strong, delivered to your door, 100% biodegradable and recyclable. So their purpose, um, we've got your crack, Australia. That was funny, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't think it's just for Australia because we should be able to order it too. So regardless if we're profitable or not, we're committed to donating a portion of every sale to support Australian charities. Now, when I read this the other day, I was in awe, actually, because I'm like, okay, so if they're not really concerned about if they make a profit, that, may, that means that they're in it for the long haul. They're like, look, we want you all to understand that we're going to support the Australian charities too, and we're going to do still donate even if we're not profitable because she has a spirit of, of giving. That's a benevolent type of uh, heart there. So if it's not about profits and it's always about giving, when someone tells you something like that, you have to know that they're coming from a, a place of benevolence. And so that's what I read. That's what I'm reading here. So currently we're proud to support the Starlight's Children Foundation and Green Fleet Australia in the important work that they do for our community and our environment. So come find out here. And then they have some ambassadors, toxic free, do-it-yourself queen, sassy stylist, animal advocate. Ah, yeah. So I like this. So let's, oh, wait, wait, some facts here. So we're flushing our forest down the toilet. 15% of deforestation is due to toilet paper. If everyone in Australia who wipes their cheeks, not including babies, swap to a sustainable toilet paper like bamboo, we would save over 3 million trees per year. That's in Australia. Long. Wow. That is something major there. So, all right. Now, let's look at their price. So, it looks like the first thing you see at the top is that they have... Yeah, that was a thing. It's a very good deal. Um, They have free shipping on all orders of $55. So, let's look at their um, prices here. I thought I saw that. Here, here go their prices here. So, you get... 36 wrap rolls, unbleached bamboo toilet paper, and they have a set it and forget subscription, which if you subscribe and save so far, this looks like the lowest amount is $57.90. So you're going to save 5% if you set the subscribe and save. Um, it doesn't look like products are automatically de delivered on your schedule. Imagine sitting on your throne, wiping your cheeks with the healthiest paper for you and our planet. Feeling proud because you're, you'll be saving our forests and their ecosystem whilst removing unnecessary chemicals from the environment and your home. So don't sacrifice quality because you want to save the world. This is an incredibly soft and strong eco-friendly toilet paper made exclusively from the world's most sustainable material bamboo. Yeah, I am going to try it. Actually, I'm going, I, I, I'm actually, I think I like this one and the plant um, toilet paper. 
but I, I don't want to be biased, so I'm going to try all of them. I really enjoyed the reflection that the Eco Cheeks provided, as well as plant paper, too. But I, I'm really, right now, Echo Cheeks seems like my best one so far. Just based off of the way they describe it, the attitude, the overall culture of the owner, the way that she describes it. She's so welcoming. She has her, her child there. Like, I just love the approach, the benevolence and her attitude. You know, um, even if she doesn't make a profit, she's, you know, she's still going to contribute to charities. That there is something to consider, you know. Um, so it isn't about the money. It's about the benevolence. And I, I really like that. I find I'm in awe of that, actually. Because it's not too many times you're going to meet people that have that type of attitude. And, you know, sounds like good energy and good motivation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But sometimes, I don't know, when I'm reading stuff, I just get caught up. <laughs> you know, I got I need to try the product before I'm just pushing for it like that. So I don't know. Um, relax and check out their reviews below for a confident purchase. So you have 36 rows, which is normally like a um 60 standard rows. It's the mother load. Um, so I guess it looks like they're doubling the paper. Basically, that's what that means. Um, zero Nancy, zero 300 sheets. Okay, this is good. So less role changing, less fights, less waste. Regular is 180 sheets. Um, don't embossed with a grippy side and smooth side. So they have a grippy side too, like the um plant paper. Um, let's see. So they have six natural designs to complement the bathroom. That's really nice. So let's look at the price here. How much would we be saving? So you have if you that if you set the um set and um subscribe and forget that's five percent off and that's fifty seven dollars and ninety cents. So let's see here. We're gonna get fifty seven dollars and ninety six divided by thirty six. So that's about a dollar and sixty cent per row. That's only if we're oops. That's only if we are going to be looking at it from 36 rows. So she's saying, I know. So you have um set. No, I'm gonna say subscribe. Subscribe and forget. Um, this is gonna be 36 rows. Subscribe and forget, which is $57.90. And so that that would be times by thirty six um, rows, and that comes to a dollar and sixty cent per row. But if you do fifty seven dollars and ninety cent times sixty rows, that would be equal. Let's see, Divided by 60. That's only going to be 96 cents per row. 0.96. Oh, no. Keep writing that wrong. Let's see. 57 cents. So subscribe and save. Times 60 rows. All right. This. So this is what. She's saying this is 36, their rows is, is 36 
rows, but it's equivalent to 60 regular rows. So this is the actual price. Actual price is 96 cents per row. So that's not bad. I think that's good. Hey, Mama Bear. You like the show. You're listening. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so we have... Now let's look at the um, one-time purchase. Still the same. Oh, uh, thank you. All right. So I think um, Eco Cheeks is something to invest. Let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and end for tonight, you guys. I really appreciate you all joining me. Um, I was finally able to get on to the discussion of Eco Cheeks. I will be um, purchasing these products. And when I do, I am going to come back to this podcast and go over each one that I purchased and give a review for it. Believe me, okay? So I don't know how long it's going to take me to do that, but I am going to do that, uh, okay? As soon as I get um, the chance to purchase, I will. So love over the toilet paper and saving the trees. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne. We thank you so much for allowing us to be so well informed thank you for giving us the power of your holy spirit to be able to understand the things that we need to understand so that we can we even though we live in this world we are not going to do the things like the world the world does god so we don't want to be led by our, our carnal mind or our human flesh god we want to be led by your spirit so god lead us to the things that are good for us lead us to the things that are healthy for us god lead us to the things that will provide mental health for us god we don't want to have be mentally unhealthy god we don't want to be physically unhealthy god we don't want to be spiritually unhealthy god so allow us to be physically mentally and spiritually healthy lord Allow us to be led by your Holy Spirit. We thank you so much for just giving us all of the spiritual tools that we need in order to be victorious in life. And we appreciate you, God. So we just thank you. We give you glory, praise, and honor. We ask that you remove every barrier, every obstacle, every concern out of our path that would try to prevent us or prohibit us from being healthy, God. We ask that you allow us to have doors of opportunity open in our life so that we're living a life of abundance, that we're mentally.